Thanks for listening to this week's Hope at Crossroads. We are glad you're taking the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can connect with us through our website, hopeatcrossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends and let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Videos of our messages are also online at hope at crossroads.org. And now, here's this week's message. Amen. If that don't fire you up, check your pulse. And uh, I don't know how many of you are one of those people who has a word for the new year, uh, but mine is believe. And not believe like believing in Santa Claus, but believing that Jesus Christ is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. Uh, Because he is a mountain mover. And he is, uh, when we put our faith in him and our full trust in him and believe, awesome things happen. When you came in this morning, most of you, I didn't see anybody when you came in do anything like this. I didn't see any of you test this chair to see if it would hold you. Most of you just came in and you just kind of went, oh, what a year, what a week. You just kind of plopped down in that chair. Oh, that we would plop down that way with our full faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And uh, that is my prayer for myself and for our church this year. Um, to uh, for God to stretch our belief and faith. It's it's you know it's interesting when he uh, when God does a work in our life and when we kind of put our faith out there and He answers whatever that prayer is. It builds our faith, and I've heard it described this way that our faith muscle starts to get uh, bigger and stronger. I look at people in in the world that I would say are mighty men and women of God. One of my spiritual heroes was a guy named Billy Graham. And I often wondered, how did Billy Graham become Billy Graham? Well, his mom named him Billy Graham. That's how he became Billy Graham. But I wondered how he became such a mighty man of, of faith and uh, to do some huge things and to fill arenas and coliseums with hundreds of thousands of people and to go overseas and see tens of thousands of people it, it started with something small. It started with him responding to God, doing something in his life, and him stepping out, and it just continued to grow. And that's how our faith muscle gets built. I, I so thank you, uh, praise team, ensemble, Connie, Joey, for singing that song. That is my song for uh, the last several months and probably for this year. So that was kind of a personal request. Um, and uh, that's been a song of my mom's for the last six and a half, seven months. Uh, she got, some of you have asked, just a quick report. She got her um, scans back after her third, uh, or her last three chemos, her second round. And uh, got her report this week that she's in remission. So, praise the Lord. And she's probably watching at home and she... Probably has tears streaming down her face after hearing that song, but I can tell you if she's uh, if she's not just has the tears streaming, she might be standing in the den dancing. 
because her faith has been built up and strengthened. And uh, my prayer for, uh, again, for me individually and for our church is that God would do that. God, by the way, uh, James tells us this, and when we went through together as a church and studied James, we were reminded that our faith muscle can't grow unless it's tested. That's the part that I don't like. I wish I could just, you know, spiritually go to the store like we do at Halloween sometimes and you see some of those kids wear those big puffy chest things and they dress up as a superhero that we could just go to the gas station maybe and pull up at the gas pump and, or the, the air pump and just, just get filled up spiritually. It doesn't work that way. It's not that simple. There are challenges of, of life that have to come our way and uh, test our faith. This uh, last week, I want to say thank you to Corey. Uh, for preaching last Sunday and ask you as a church family to be praying for him. Uh, He lost his biological mom this week. And so already starting off the year with some challenges. Uh, And so I appreciate him pinch hitting. I was able to spend a few days in the Dominican and I uh, heard a story that I've heard many, many times from our missionaries there, uh, Daniel and Judith, uh, who talked about when they arrived in the Dominican with a few Mexican pesos, because they're from Mexico, not knowing a soul and having uh, themselves been married a few years and a little baby and living in a little hut and not having any food. You, you may have heard this story. I'll share it quickly because there's a point to it. But they were sharing this story I've heard for the umpteenth time, and she was talking about how they sat in their hut and they had been fasting uh, for almost 40 days because... Uh, They were hungry, they were starting a 40-day fast a few days in, and they had no food for the kids. They had had their second child at that point, and they were praying, and she was sharing the story with the group I was with, that as she began to pray, uh, her son came into the little kitchen of their little hut and said, Mom, I'm hungry. And she said to him, well, help me set the table. And they set the table, and he's like, well, but where's the food? And she said, I'll be back. And she went into the bathroom, and she began to weep before the Lord. And she said, God, my husband and I, Daniel, we're fasting, and we're happy to fast, but you're not going to ask our kids to fast. You told us to pack up and come to the Dominican Republic. We did. You're a man of your word. We need food. Our kids need food. And she said, so I'm asking you, Jesus, to please provide food. And she said, she said, amen. And she went into the kitchen, and about that time... There was a knock on the door, and she opened the door, and there was a Dominican lady, and the Dominican lady said to her, God told me to bring you some rice and some beans and some eggs, but this food is not for you and your husband. This food is for the children. And through tears, she began to laugh, and she said, I know. (laughs) Thank you. And as I'm listening to that story that I'd heard dozens and dozens of times, I just started to weep again anew, and I thought, wow. She believes. I am hoping that by the time we are standing here a year from today and we are turning the calendar over to 2023, that we will be looking back on the last years of church family and we will say, We believe. We believe. Not in the Tooth Fairy or Santa Claus, as great as those things are as a kid, even though my mom and dad still owe me money. From the tooth fairy, that is. 
uh, that we believe and put our trust in Jesus. So if you've got your Bible and you want to open up to Matthew chapter 6, I promise next week we will be diving in to the book of Genesis. This morning we're going to kind of have a state of the church address. Uh, I wondered and then I decided against it because of all of the chaos of the world if I should have asked maybe someone who's great in the arts to craft us a crossroads seal up here on the platform and we could have had some presidential-like music come out as I come to give you the state of the church address today, but some people may have interpreted that the wrong way, so... Uh, I, I, I do not, nor should I, see myself as the president of Crossroads or the CEO of Crossroads. Uh, I am one of the servants of Crossroads. And, uh, but I do want to let you know a little bit about what God has been doing over the last year in our church. But first, let's look at what Matthew has to say. Interestingly enough, in our deacons meeting this morning, Howard shared this passage of Scripture not knowing this is what I was going to share with us as a church. And it has been a tumultuous, some of us would say, two past years. I, I think what I'm going to share with you, and actually these are Jesus' words with us today, I, I, I believe with all my heart that part of the reason we are where we are as a church is because most of us have already taken heed to what Jesus shares in these scriptures verses. So it's not so much uh, me saying to you this morning, take heed of this, unless that fits you. As much as it is a reminder that a lot of us have already listened to the words of Jesus. And perhaps that's why we have seen some of the fruit that we've seen over the last year. So Matthew six twenty five, Jesus says this. For this reason I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you'll eat or what you'll drink. Nor for your body as to what, you'll sh- what you should put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds. Of the air. You ever stop to look at the birds, by the way? Not worry, not a care in the world. Not a care in the if if I believed in reincarnation, which I don't, I would love to come back as a bird. Because they're just flying around, not a concern in the world. Maybe Jesus is making a point here when he says, Look at those birds. They don't So they don't reap nor gather into barns, and yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit, some translations, a single hour to his life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They don't toll nor nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so arrays the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more do so for you, O men of little faith? Don't be anxious then. Saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or with what shall we clothe ourselves? For all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And then before I read verse 33, I believe with all my heart 
that the answer to life and the answer for us, especially as believers and in a faith community in the church, is what Jesus is getting ready to say. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen to that. So I just want to encourage you, church family, today with a couple of thoughts. And and really a primary one from those verses, which is verse 33. And I think I've shared this before. You know, when when you... when you hear in just a moment some of the things that our church has done over the last year, and it's, it's a lot. I think it's very significant. I know of churches two, three, four times our size, and it's not just about doing things, but it is about making an eternal impact. It is making disciples that will serve, shelter, and support the transforming work of Christ. That is our mission statement as a church family. But it starts, I believe, with what Jesus is saying there in Matthew 6.33. Because so often we see in our, in our world, and, and just to give you a heads up, we're probably going to see it more in our world. Churches and leaders in churches pursuing things for their benefit instead of focusing on what Jesus says here, and that is seeking first the kingdom of God. I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about what that will look like in our world. I'm concerned about what that will look like and actually is looking like in Southern Baptist life. I'm concerned about what that looks like even in South Carolina Baptist life. Because there is this push in society and in our world, in and out of the church, to look out for number one. And to even do things that will help popularize yourself. And some of those things are things that can very easily, we can very easily get sucked into. And as you've heard us say before, it can become a numbers game. Numbers are significant, numbers are important, but numbers only tell a little bit of the story. And what you see sometimes even in church life is getting consumed about the numbers. And again, there's a healthy... Uh, discernment of looking at the numbers. But what we don't want to do is get so concerned with the numbers that we fail to remember that what's most important and the most important question that we can ask, the two questions is, are we making disciples and are we seeking first the kingdom of God? And I've heard it said this way and I think it's a great uh, way to to, kind of express it. I think I've shared this with us as a church family before as well that it's kind of like you're riding in a boat And if the focal point of the boat is seeking first the kingdom of God, that in the wake, if you're a water skier or you're a kneeboarder and you're behind that boat, in the wake of that boat, the church will grow. But if your focal point is all about the church, in other words, what's in it for us, what can take care of us, then the kingdom of God may or may not grow. So I want us to be about what Jesus says in Matthew 6.33, seeking first the kingdom of God. So I just quickly put together over the last week a list of some items 
And by the way, this is not exhaustive. Some of you are personally doing things and you have personal ministries that you do in the workplace and maybe one-on-one with some people or one-on-three with people that you have coffee with and you're trying to be Jesus to those people. Fantastic. That's great. That's not going to be seen on the screen because I don't know about all those personal things that you're doing. But I just want to share a few things with you as a church that God did in our last year together. And the first one, which is kind of primarily what I'm responsible for, is the preaching area of our church. We've gone through several uh, books of the Bible together. We have looked at uh, the book of Mark. We've looked at the book of James. We just got through studying the book of Ephesians. Next week, we'll jump into the book of Genesis. We've looked at a few Psalms this past year. And, And I know, and would ask you as a congregation to hold me to it, that there's a lot of things that can be shared. Today's a little bit different, but there's a lot of things that can be shared up here from the pulpit. But the only thing that's going to transform the hearts and minds of people is God's Word. That's it. So, that's very, very important. When you think about what's happened in the area of worship in our church, there's been a lot of changes, as we know, over the last 18 months or two years, we moved to a new space initially because of the pandemic and we spread out and we had to redo some rooms and move people around and we had to do some some changes in some walls and now we've slowly moving back and I know Joey's grateful that we've moved back to having the choir and an ensemble and we had a, a huge number of folks that came out for our dinner theater at Christmas time and a great drama together. We are moving forward into the future trusting that Jesus, who just talked about not worrying about the, what you wear, looking at the birds. We are moving forward as a team, and I believe as a church, that is trying to live that way. And by the way, the, the world will try, is going to try, even over this next year, to try to get one more year of fear. Church family, turn the TV off. And I thank God that most of us have done that. It scares me that there are churches and friends of mine who used to pastor churches that now are closed and have signs out front. And the, the vast majority reason is fear. Not having fear or living without fear doesn't mean that you're discounting we are in a pandemic. It doesn't mean that you're discounting there is a thing like COVID. It doesn't mean that you're discounting As I am not discounting, I've lost friends and people that I know to COVID. COVID is a real thing. Pneumonia is a real thing. AIDS is a real thing. There are a lot of real things that we don't allow to put us in the bondage of fear. It's another sermon. I'm thankful that our church has chosen to move forward in faith. And moving forward in faith doesn't always mean the absence completely of fear. I could still move forward in faith and still have a little anxiousness. Even though Jesus pretty went through a tirade here of why not to do that. I almost wonder if I need to read it again because I I read it to you the way I think Jesus said it. But I don't know exactly how he said it because I wasn't there. He could have said it compassionately. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. Neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Maybe he said it that way, I don't know. Or he could have said, 
Look at the birds of the air. Now, he probably says it that way to me more than you. Because I tend to be a worry board. As if to say, how many miracles do you have to see before you understand I control it all? I mean, that's kind of the way he would say it to me. I know not you. I know not you. So we've got to move forward. I think about missions and what God has done through you as a part of our church family, just in the area of missions over the last year. I mean, we've had uh, God birth a ministry in West Virginia with what Pastor Jim is doing and a team go to West Virginia. We've seen what God's doing in places like the Dominican Republic and a team that went to Malawi, Africa. I think about what we're doing here locally in some of our schools just recently with the Christmas holidays taking care of some very special uh, families who needed help. I think about uh, our vacation Bible school this past summer that had close to a hundred students packed in this room, children in this room hearing about Jesus Christ. I mean, lots been happening. I think about our facility and where we're headed in the future, our facility, a lot of walls and things that have been moved. And some of you know, in your classrooms has been moved around. And this morning, by the way, we're starting a new class. And to my knowledge, as far as I'm aware, this morning when we dismiss and we go to small groups, there will be one room, only one room that I know of that will not be being used in the upper building. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that. And just FYI, None of us have a room that's our room. None of us have a room that's got your name on it, your gold-plated seat on it. And I'm thankful that that's the attitude of this church. Because there's people that are going to, God willing, that are going to keep coming through the door. And there, that's many of you in this room. I think 30 plus people in the last 18 months or so that have said, hey, I want to put my roots here at Crossroad. I'm praising God for that. And if you're a heavy hitter and you're the one who puts this most significant amount in the offering plate, that doesn't mean your plaque goes on the room and you claim that room. We're going to move people around. We may move people around again in a, six months. I know. I hope not either. I hope not either. I look at all the teams that we have going on in the church, and we have a lot of teams in the church, and just a couple that I thought about this morning, one that's getting ready to meet again next Sunday, our safety team, which is a big deal that we need to really think about in the light of the future, in light of what's happening in our world and in our country and our community, our first impressions team that's welcoming people, our, our deacons, our missions team. Our nominating team. Our, I could go on to our hostess team. I could go on and on and on about people who are plugged in, who are helping accomplish the work of ministry in the church. And by the way, if you're going, I'm not on a team, guess what? Today's your day. You can raise your hand and say, put me in, coach. I'm ready. And we'll find a space of service for you. And I'll be telling you about that in just a minute. I'm grateful for our student ministry. I think the last statistic that I saw, which is old because it's back from Billy Graham days, is that 95% of people who come to know Jesus Christ do so before their 18th birthday. So I think about what's happening in student ministry. I know that we've had two students come to know Christ over the last year. One who's responded to follow the Lord in full-time vocational ministry. Two that went on their first international mission trip with their parents. One college student that went on their first international trip. 
Many of our students, by the way, while we're in service, many of them, if you're looking around saying, where are some of the teenagers? A lot of them oftentimes are serving in the children's ministry so that we as adults can be sitting here and enjoying the worship and the music. Three students followed through in baptism. One of our former students is connected very well. Tyler Estes is serving as a lead pastor at First Baptist Mayo. And one of our former students who was ordained at New Life Fellowship, which was a church that Lynette and I actually helped plant many, many years ago over in Bowling Springs, Austin Graham. So just so you know, if you are one of those people who's a news junkie and you like to turn on the news and you sometimes wonder after about 15 minutes you're down in the dirt and you feel like God's not here and nothing's happening and He's not in charge and woe is me and the world is crashing in. No, it's not true. God is at work. He's at work in our children's ministry. Four of those people who were baptized over the last year were from our children's ministry. Thirteen went to camp last summer and about 38 kids on average hear the gospel every single Sunday just through those double doors right there. Some of them are from homes that are right here, crossroads folks, and some of them come from homes where their parents are not in our service today. Over a hundred of them heard the gospel at Bible school and they sang the songs and through all the lessons that were given and name tags that were printed, every child made on purpose for a purpose. And can I tell you that this morning, both in the student area and children's area, church family, I'm going to beg you this morning, we need help. There's some of our workers that continue to tell me, Pastor Jack, since you've been here, I've heard you preach four times. And it's not because I've only shown up on Christmas and Easter. It's because the other 48 weeks of the year, I'm in there serving with children. Praise God, we need servants. But you know what? Servants get tired. And servants need to be fed. And servants need to be encouraged. And servants need to hear what's happening in the whole life of the church. But you don't always hear that if the only conversation you're having is with a five-year-old. So that may be an area today that God kind of touches your heart and says, you know what, I could sit over there with some children and love on them. And Kayla will equip you if it's with the children and Heath will help you if it's with the students. Uh, Our weekday ministry, I don't have to tell you, our weekday ministry has grown and I, was, uh, I didn't get those points on the screen, Jason, so forgive me. But our weekday ministry continues to grow. And, of course, our Building Faith program is slowly getting off the ground after coming through the new year. We're taking our next steps, and we'll be giving you an update on that. A great team that Ronnie is leading there in just a few weeks will give you an update. But our next step there is to move forward with a contractor so we can start seeing dirt move. So we can start not just moving out here to provide space for the children in weekday, but to reallocate a lot of spaces behind that wall right there for more adult classes. What are we going to do if God, sent, if God sent us six families today to show up and they wanted to go to a small group? Some of our small groups and some of you are in these groups, you know their rooms are packed to overflowing. What are we going to tell them? Well, we don't have room for you. Be like Jesus. Understand how Jesus felt. There's no room at the end. We have no more room for you. I know that's not our heart. 
When I think about some of the special things that are happening, I think about our quilts ministry, which you see some of those quilts that are out here this morning. That ministry started uh, many years ago, I think 13, 14 years ago, 2008. And since that time, almost... 800 quilts have been given away and and with the love of Jesus, just 49 last year. That's amazing. Some of you didn't know that. I think about our incredible link ladies, 19 ladies and and one great gentleman packed uh, 134 shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child just a few months ago. And traveled up to Charlotte and took, actually wound up taking 284 boxes to Charlotte, took care of the shipping. They sent 81 uh, Siemens caps to our Charleston Siemens ministry and uh, sent, speaking of birds, 24 flocks of chickens to the Samaritan's Purse and bears and stuffed animals, 25 over to the Clear Springs Fire Department. 102 wooden cars and toys went to the Shriners Children's Hospital and they're already making plans for what they're going to do next year. I hope that excites you. I mean, that excites me. I just want to tell you, church family, that's not happening everywhere. Praise the Lord for that. God did not call us to come to church and just to do this. And I'm thankful this church has said, we know, we know. There's things God's called us to do, and I'm I'm excited about that. Just so you know, again, numbers aren't everything, but just as far as the attendance in the life of our church in worship, We've had some numbers just in the last few months. I think I picked the highs of each month just so you can see that. In uh, September, we had 182 people. October, 201. November, 175. December, 206 people. Our children's ministry is growing. Student ministry is growing. And children, in, uh, during our worship time during the months of September, we had 35 children back there. 37 in October, 33 in November, 48 in December. So if you wonder why some of the workers in the month of December look a little frazzled, that's why. They have threatened to install a little electrical buzzer up here so that if I go too long during the service, the pulpit becomes electrified. Just to give me the signal to wrap it up. We have kids back here. We need some help. We need some help. And they do. Our small groups, and to me this is the most exciting thing. We had 142 folks in small groups in September on average, 160 in October, 155 in November, 200 in December. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God's at work. Can we just give the Lord a hand this morning? Can we do that? The Lord is at work. And He will continue to be at work. But we have to keep our eyes on the focus, and I think again that's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So, the question really is this, because we're, we're in a new year now. The tinsel's down. I know some of you just stuck the tree in the attic, still decorated. So you have to just roll it out, plug it in. I know, I know. And before you know it, in 258 days from now, or less, it'll be time to do it all over again. 
So we have about 258 days in this year, give or take, to make an impact for God. What will we do? What will, what will we say at the end of this year? What will our report look like? I believe. I believe. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you. Thank you, thank you, Lord. For what you are doing in the life of our church. And Lord, have we got it all figured out? No. Are we doing everything exactly right? No. Have we got progress to be made? Yes. But have you done an incredible work over the last year? Absolutely. Absolutely, God. The last time that I checked, Lord, you used people to accomplish your work. And so, Lord, I want to say thank you for this church family and for their faithfulness to you. God, I pray that in this year, 2022, for myself and these friends, Lord, would you help us to believe not just with a I wish or I hope kind of belief, but a steadfast, solid rock belief on you, Jesus. Would you help us to seek first your kingdom? God, I believe when we do that, just like you instructed and you were sharing with the disciples in this passage and so many others, that the lilies of the field and the birds of the air and the the clothing that we need and the food and all those things that we so get consumed with and worried about and we live in a culture that tries to make us full of worry and fear would you help us to put our trust on you and in you and to believe church family I just want to give you a few moments where you are this morning there in your seat just to pray and it may be a prayer of thanksgiving and just to say Lord thank you Maybe a prayer to say, thank you, Lord, for using me. And it may be just a quick request of the Lord to say, Lord, you, you used me last year, but where do you want to use me this year? If you're visiting with us today, we're so glad that you're here. And in just a moment, we're going to stand together and sing a song of invitation, which simply is inviting you to respond however the Lord's laid Whatever he's laid on your heart today, maybe for some of you it's to say, you know what, this is the place where I want to put my roots down and call home. If you've been visiting, I want to invite you in just a moment just to come down front and to grab my hand or the hand of our student teaching pastor Heath and just say, this is where I want to be. This is where God wants me to be. If you're a Crossroads family member today, I just ask you to be honest with the Lord. You can come down here and grab us by the hand. You can make a decision at your seat, whatever God leads you to do. There's one other different way that you can respond this morning, even during the invitation. Just at the very back of the room where the folks are sitting, there's, there are three of the round tables that have three separate sheets of paper on those tables. One is for the student ministry, one is for our children's area, and one is in the worship area that you may just say, you know what, God's calling me to serve there. Don't know all the details. Don't know exactly what, but I'm willing to make a commitment to serve in that area for the next year. If that is part of your heart's desire this morning, even while we're singing, you can slip out of your seat and go just put your name and phone number and email on that sheet. 
lot of work to be done in the next year in church family. We need every single person. There's no one here that is not needed. We all are needed to accomplish the will of God for this church in the next year. Father, have your way during this service. We thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Again, those tables are just on this side. If you want to just jot your name and phone number, uh, you can or email and we'll get you plugged into a place of service. If you need to make any other decision this morning, uh, Heath and I will be down here at the front. We'd love to receive you. Will you stand as we sing our invitation hymn together? We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. In addition, we want to invite you to check out some of the great items at our website that will help you, or you can give as a gift to a friend. Devotionals and other resources are all available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you will tune in again next week.